are listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Miss, and I'm here with Ryan as usual, and you're listening to the Iterators of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which I am the noob about Warhammer, and Ryan is the expert, and he's going to teach me about the Warhammer lore. So yeah, take it away, Ryan. Alrighty. Uh, first time before we get started this time, I just want to mention uh, that Mez is currently on holiday, which is why the quality is a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but hopefully people it. can see past that. And uh, yeah, while I'm abroad, that you know, right, it's show business. The show must go on. That's it. It must. To be fair, you're going to be back <laughs> from your holiday by the time this goes up, but, you know. That's, that's true, Jeff. That's true. Yeah. All right. So last time we finished covering the Horus Heresy. Right? Yes. We talked a little bit about what happens after it, a uh, little bits and pieces here, but we're going to go over some of that in a little bit more detail. And then there's a couple of big events go on as well that we're going to talk about almost mm-hmm. directly after it. Um, hopefully this goes well, because this is one of the events that I didn't know a lot about. I knew the gist, but I had to do a bit of research. But okay. today we're going to be talking about the Age of Rebirth. So this is what takes place after the Horus Heresy. So the first thing is the Great Scouring, which we did talk about a little bit last time. So Imperium is totally ruined after the Horus Heresy ends. The Emperor is now stuck on his throne. Uh, before being placed on the throne, the Emperor cast judgment on the traitors to say that they were to be forced back to the Eye of Terror. Which yeah. is a weird thing to me. That seems like an oddly specific thing to suggest. Um, like, as Rogaldorn was carrying him back to the throne, he's like, right, see those traitors? And Dorn's like, yeah, well, should we kill them? And he's like, no, 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 I terror. You're like, why not <laughs> just, just put an execution order, my man? You'd save a lot of problems. <laughs> but, like, that seems like an odd, an odd specification, but whatever. Uh, so, seven years it took for them to do this, but they did manage to either kill or exile the traitors back to the I terror. Yeah. Uh, during this, the loyalists realized how far chaos had spanned, so they were finding loads of new planets as they were going along that already were infected with chaos. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. Um, <laughs> they either purge them or, well, yeah, they either purge them or nuke them into oblivion. And then, if they did purge the chaos from the planet, they put the Inquisition in charge to keep an eye on it. <laughs> Make sure they don't do anything chaosy again. Just <laughs> some dude with a buckle on his hat waiting with like a laser gun, like, oh, I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. <laughs> like, they ain't doing nothing chaotic with me here. Uh, and uh, the legions that were damaged during the uh, Dropsite Massacre, so Vulcan's Legion, uh, so the Salamanders, the Raven Guard, and uh, the Iron Hands that were all pretty effed up during the Dropsite Massacre all started replenishing their numbers during this point to get them back up to fighting strength. Yeah. And with Robote Gilliman uh, leading the Imperium at this point as a stand-in for the Emperor, they did manage to push the traitors back. Which is great! So the next stage is the Codex Astartes. So this was the set of rules that Gilliman put in place once he was in charge. Gilliman was like terrified of the idea of anyone doing this again. He thought the power of a legion was too much for one person to be able to wield. It's like someone having a self-destruct button for the planet you're on. You don't really want one guy in charge of that. No. So 
so he instated uh, the Codex Astartes, which were rules for governing Space Marines and battlefield tactics, but also part of it, were, or part of the rules in it, were uh, that the Space Marine chapters would be broken down into, sorry, Space Marine legions would be broken down into chapters, and rather than having 10,000 units, they would have 1,000 men per company. So okay. they were broken down into one thousand man strong chapters rather than the gigantic legions. So then, mm. if one leader ever turns evil, he's only got a thousand guys behind him to do any damage, and you've got hundreds of other legions ready or chapters of the legions ready to kick his ass for going against their ideals. <laughs> yeah, but a thousand space marines can take out many, many, many planets before they have any issues. They can't take out another thousand space marines very easily. So the idea was they could all keep each other under control properly if it ever came to it again that one of the leaders felt the chaos. Yeah, one of them gone rogue. Exactly. Unfortunately, whole chapters have went rogue since then. So, <laughs> but whatever. It's a lot less damage than Horus did anyway. Uh, this, for the record, was called the second founding. So the first founding is the point where all the legions and their primarchs were made. The second founding is when they're broken down into chapters, and every once in a while there are subsequent foundings uh, up to where we are now, which is in the 41st millennia, which uh, is basically just they make chapters that fall below the chapters that already exist. Yeah. So they usually follow their ideals and stuff like that, which means that they get further and further from the original ideals of the Legion, which is funny, but they also get really weird. <laughs> Uh, we're yeah. I don't know what founding we're up to but we're past the 21st and I know that only because the 21st is like a running joke because it's referred to as the cursed 21st because <laughs> every <laughs> chapter that was made in it all of the space marines were either like mutated or just horrible stuff happened to them that doesn't sound pleasant <laughs> it, no there's a group we're gonna have to talk about at some point called the lamenters um, there are a chapter, I believe there are Blood Angels uh, uh, successor chapter and they are just the most depressed guys on the planet I feel, I feel like we have talked a bit about I, them I think the I mentioned them once yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned them but we will have to do an episode on those guys in particular oh, that just, sounds depressing. their whole storyline is just can it get any worse and then it does <laughs> <laughs> it's great and it's awful at the same time I swear it sounds funny yeah but the, depressing. there's a bunch of chapters that are all made at that point that are just they, they everything went wrong in that founding um, but there's also some really cool chapters that have crazy storylines like uh, the, the Legion of the Damned which essentially no one really know, or I don't think anyone really knows how they work but they are a group or there are a chapter of a thousand space marines which do not travel within the material world. They just form into being in the middle of battlefields when the Imperium needs them most. They're like the sword of goddamn Gryffindor. They just appear out of nowhere as flaming spectral space marines and kick ass. Amazing. Yeah, they are the coolest guys. Um, actually, yeah, I'm going to take this chance to mention it. Uh... So this first section the episodes that we're doing just now, we settled on a little while ago, just for the viewers, um, that we are doing this in a season basis. And the first season is going to be going from like the earliest point in history to the most current point in history in as direct a route as possible. Um, 
and then subsequent seasons will each be focused on a different topic. So, for example, Loyalist Legions and Traitor Legions, or a particular Xenos race, or uh, one that I just thought of there, which is what made me think of this, was doing a season that was all looking at individual chapters, but just pick ones with really interesting storylines and going over them in episodes. Just so that we have mentioned that at some point. Because <laughs> I realised we agreed on that and hadn't mentioned it at all. <laughs> Gonna get to episode 15, there's just no more, and everyone's like, what's going on? <laughs> Andy sitting there raging. <laughs> Yeah, gotta keep the boys updated. That's it. Yeah. My dog is sleeping on my headphone cable. I don't <laughs> So the Codex Astartes was intended to control the power any one man had so that no one could do a horse ever did again. Not every chapter agreed with this or followed the Codex's rules as rigorously as they were meant to be. So the Ultramarines obviously did because their leader was the guy that came up with it and they loved them some rules. Mm-hmm. But Rogal Dorn of the Iron Fists, he was not into it. He disagreed. Uh, he did. He was eventually convinced of its merit by one of, I believe, it was one of his captains. Finally convinced him at some point. But uh, mm-hmm. like Jagatai Khan and Corvus Korax both agreed with uh, Gilliman, but Lehman Russ and Dorn both disagreed. Um, though he. Dorn did end up agreeing, but he did it in a kind of roundabout way. So his chapter, or sorry, his legion was broken up into chapters, but he also instated a protocol within all the chapters called the Last Wall, which is not something he should have been able to do, because the idea is they all act as independent bodies, so that they're not essentially a legion pretending to be chapters. They have to be independent. But he had this protocol instated in all of them called the Last Wall Protocol but we will get to that later. Uh, But a bunch of them did stuff like this. Like, the Dark Angels agreed, but secretly all of their chapters maintained the exact same purpose, which was the Fallen. They were renegade marines that they were trying to deal with. Uh, We will also look at that when we look at the Dark Angels chapter. It's a big thing for them. Uh, So all their chapters have the exact same goal in mind. So they're, they're also not acting independently, which goes against the Codex stories. Uh, the Space Wolves, they never agreed to it. Uh, <laughs> they just kept to their Primarch's ideals. So they have 12 great companies rather than 10, which the rest of the Legions have. So they mm-hmm. never broke up into chapters. They just have 12 sections of their Legion instead of being in chapters. So they did they did dissolve in a way, just not the way that they were asked to or that they were supposed to. No. Uh, they also couldn't make any successor chapters. <laughs> So that's kind of why they didn't turn into chapters, because if they did, they would just run out of guys. So a bunch of the genetics uh, codes, the gene seeds for the legions have like issues with them. So like the blood angels have fangs because they're vampires, right? But that's Mm -hmm. a genetic instability in their gene seed that they end up like that. It's called the red thirst and subsequently the black rage. Yeah. The space wolves have a similar thing. It's why they have wolf teeth and stuff like that. It's why they're all kind of feral and kind of stupid. Uh, for some reason, they're all Scandinavian as well, which is interesting. Uh, every every book I listen to, every one of them is just a Scandinavian accent. Oh, that's amazing. That's like me. It's very cool. Honestly, I really appreciate it. Weird, yeah. though. They've all got names like Sven as well. Like, oh, I know, I always like everyone's called Sven or something like that. Sven or, or Hans. Uh, got a group of fives, they've all got names like Sven, and then there's one guy called Glenn, and you're like, 
I don't think you're actually meant to be here. <laughs> so yeah, they they tried making successor chapters once, and it went horribly wrong because of the instability in their gene seed, and they just kind of went, "We're not going to do that anymore." <laughs> mm, screw that. Yeah, so they had a good reason not to do it. <laughs> All right, now we're going to get onto the biggest part of this, the the main bulk of this episode, the War of the Beast. So, do you remember that right before the heresy, there was a battle where a bunch of legions got together and took out a crap load of orcs and Horus threw the orc yes. war boss off the tower? Yes, exactly. He, he did the chicken move with throw somebody over a cliff. Exactly, yeah. Just off the roof. Yeah, so that was the Ulinar crusade, right? Yes. Now, this is hundreds of years later, I believe. I think it's like 150 years later or something like that. But whatever. Um, after that. But... The the Imperial Man now essentially believes that there are there isn't an orc issue in Ulinar. They think it was dealt with once and for all. It was not. Yeah. Right? They killed one really big orc. That's all they did. But <laughs> they 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 quashed them to the point of not being an issue at the moment, but give them almost two hundred years or something like that. You know, orcs are mushrooms, they just grow. You just yeah. get more orcs. <laughs> Because the, the the fight with Horus, essentially, they were they weren't killed. I mean, obviously, people got killed, right? Yeah. But you know, it was more like the, he uh, Horus threw um, their boss over, you know, the the out of the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I quote you, Ryan, you said he yeeted it he off did. the roof. Yeah. <laughs> so the Morris got you know destroyed, but not them itself. Yeah, they wiped out obviously masses of them to the point that they thought they had dealt with the issue. But yeah. it was not entirely dealt with. The only way to get rid of orcs is to essentially nuke a planet into oblivion, I'll be honest. It's like <laughs> roaches. Once you got roaches, you can't get rid of roaches. Oh, that's uh, horrendous. Exactly, yeah. So that's something. So by mid-32nd millennia, the Imperium was pretty stable, and the Imperium thought that they were relatively safe around Earth and stuff like that because, you know, there's no orcs nearby or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the record because they thought they were so safe and they thought chaos was the issue and stuff like that they had a majority of the imperial navy their fleet was stationed at a sector that's like at the the sector border for terra so it's quite far away because they thought there was no like nearby threat right and yeah. then out of nowhere no one expected it it's not like they were pretending they were safe for five minutes or anything uh on a planet called and i'm going to show you this Arda Mantua, about six weeks warp travel from Terra, so not very far, the Imperial Fist chapter, so the one named after the original Legion, um, was in a war against an alien insectoid race called the Chromes, and the planet they were on started ha- having all this weird like gravitational effects and stuff. Like Gravity was like spiking really high or dropping and stuff like that. Really weird, caused all kinds of weird crap going on. But the Imperial Fists were slaughtered by the Chromes, probably in part due to the gravitational anomalies, but the, the Iron Fists were nigh on wiped out here by these guys, right? Which is yeah. a problem, because they're a pretty big deal. Realising the danger that, that they posed, a rescue operation was undertaken by the remaining Imperial Fists and the Imperial Imperial Guard. There was like 50, um, I think they're called Wall Guards or something like that, uh, 
there was 50 troops of the Imperial Fist still like in reserves. So they teamed up with the Imperial Guard. It was like a fleet commander from the Imperial Guard to go and take out the Chromes before they got to Terra because they weren't mm. very far away, you know? So they potentially pose a problem in future. When they got there, they realized what the real threat was. An enormous orc planetoid started phasing in and out of real space over the planet. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, giant orcs started dropping down and murdered the rest of the Imperial Fists. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I believe only like one of their guys, like their captain or something, a guy called uh, Kurland, managed to escape. Um, or survive, I guess. Uh, the Imperial Guard fleet that was there managed to get a warning off to Terra before their fleet was obliterated by the orcs. Oh. Uh, yeah, it turned out there was so many orc. Or, so they thought that that, uh, that that was like, oh, there's one really big issue with orcs, right? So the orcs were led by one gigantic orc war boss called the Beast. Uh, how big was it? I'm sorry. I'm, uh, Ten meters how... tall. Oh god, <laughs> that's a big one. He chunky. Yeah. So it turned out there was a, there wasn't just the one of these orc battle moons. There was loads of them all over the place. Uh, and soon, like entire sectors of space were falling to this orc war. Oh, by the way, when an orc army gets together and starts a war, it's called a war. Okay. I believe it's orcs screaming the word war, but they don't pronounce ours properly, so wah. <laughs> I, I, that's the best I can guess. But orcs are Scottish, <laughs> so I reckon that's a safe bet. I mean, I reckon when you say it, you know, it's, it sounds right. <laughs> that's that's my guess, too. I don't know, though. Uh, For anyone ha who has no haven't noticed yet, Ryan is Scottish, so... Yes. Uh, so... For the record, this like massive orc army, when or orc armies get together, they have this weird effect, right? Because orcs are magic, but like subconsciously magic. But when you get an entire army of them together, all aimed at the same purpose, it has some crazy magical effects. And a lot of the systems that they were traveling through, people just went insane because of the like the orc nonsense that was going on. Uh, also, cults of like normal humans and stuff in worship to the beast were found on some planets too. Yeah. So not not a great situation. Uh, things were looking no. pretty rough due to the threat that this uh, posed. The High Lords of Terra just felt a bickering and nonsense. They were of no use to anyone. <laughs> like they were <laughs> at best a hindrance to actual governance. They did nothing helpful. Uh, then High Admiral Lanzung of the Imperial Navy refused to cooperate with the Guard and took his entire fleet to, now I'm going to show this as well, the Glaucation Gulf for some reason. No one knows why. He just took his entire fleet and pissed off. <coughs> okay. But your right job now. is to guard Terra. And he's like, nope, fuck the guards. And just left with his entire army. You're like, great. Why do we pay you? Someone stop paying him. Maybe he'll come back. <laughs> Find him a week later in the HR office. Like, no, I was working. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, so Kurland, the last surviving member of the Imperial Fist chapter, enacted the last wall protocol. Right? 
This yeah. protocol gathers all the remaining Iron Fist chapters back to Terra to form up as a legion again in the defense of Terra. Rogal Dorn all, or fought and almost died to protect Terra from Horus. He was not going to let it fall because because uh, the Codex Astarte says so. So he no. had this put into it. So, so the last right member of the Imperial Fists enacts this and calls everyone back. The Black Templars, the Crimson Fists, the Fist Exemplar, the Excoriators, that's probably the wrong way to say that, and the Iron Knights, which were all the chapters below the... Uh, or they were all the chapters that came from the Iron Fists, uh, all joined together uh, once more. The Soul Drinkers are another chapter, but no one could get a hold of them. Like, the I'll be honest with you, if I'm phoning for help, I'll happily take all of those guys. But when it comes to phoning the Soul Drinkers, you're like, please don't answer, please don't answer, please don't answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I'm going to be murder barks if you don't, but please don't answer. You guys are weird. <laughs> So, the, yeah, so they managed to get back all but one of the successor chapters. Um, the uncooperative Imperial Admiral was essentially tricked into helping and used uh, a massively stupid suicidal tactic to damage the Orc War Moon when it was heading for Terra. Uh, he basically just had ships bombard it to take down the shield and stuff like that, but, like, fly directly into it. Um he did manage to destroy it, but it was, like, a very costly strategy. And as soon as he got back to Terra, another one of the moons phased in uh, real space directly over the Imperial Palace. <laughs> so, uh, that was a waste of time, man, guys. <laughs> uh, at the same time, the orcs had started attacking all over the galaxy. Most chapters of other legions were busy, or too busy, to come and defend Terra. So the Blood Angels did actually destroy a War Moon when they were attacked by one, or when they found one. They just nuked it to pieces. Um, then, <laughs> back on Terra, the leader of the Ecclesiarchy decided to round up millions of civilians and have them form a militia, and then deployed them directly onto the War Moon over Terra as, like, an invasion force. Obviously, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it was called like the proletariat crusade or something like that and basically it was laughably stupid and he just got millions of civilians killed great just sent them to their deaths for no reason what a guy what a way to go out huh yeah murdered by orcs it was what was going to happen either way <laughs> you just went to their house saved them the walk <laughs> uh, so out options High Lords of Terra had no idea what to do and then one of the ships that had taken the random human militia to the uh, Orc War Moon comes back. And everyone's like, well, that's weird. And in it are a few Orcs. And one of them is like a, a weird like variant of Orc, like a super evolved form or like a newly evolved form. Um, and he can speak perfect Gothic, which is a language all humans speak. And they're like, well, that's weird because Orcs can't speak <laughs> like us. But this one can. Yeah. He was an ambassador sent down. And basically, he immediately demanded their surrender, like, on behalf of the Beast. And the High Lords of Terra were all just, like, dumbstruck. Like, they couldn't speak. They were just confused beyond belief about this. And the Orc Ambassador was just like, well, you guys are absolutely abysmally pitiful. How you managed to get anything done is beyond me. We are absolutely going to kill you. Have a good day. 
<laughs> so he left. <laughs> Don't know why they let him leave, but you know he left. Um, and as he leaves, a bunch of Eldar ships come in. They just fl- like appear over Terra. They jump out of the warp over Terra. So that's weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and a small delegate of them like break into the palace and almost make it to the throne room before the guards catch them. Uh, and their leader is like, "Oh no, 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 cool. It's cool. We're on the same side." And like, absolutely not. We're going to murder you. Ah, we can prove it. Our leader was given this dragon tooth by Vulcan ages ago. So I have it now to prove to you that we're on the same side. Because he gave it to me to show us a, a sign of uh, of allegiance. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know exactly what the Eldar did once they were there. I, I think maybe they helped in the defense a little bit. But that was, like... Having researched this, honestly, I didn't find much that they did. I would like to know if anyone knows, please tell us on Twitter. But I honestly have no idea what their purpose really was in this. <laughs> they were just there, man. They just kind of turned back. up dramatically, and then that was it. it did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the last wall appears, so all the other legions from the Iron Fists. Uh, appear, uh, yeah, Iron Fists appeared uh, at Terra and formed up to defend, but because they. F- Came, uh, because of the way they came in. So Mars had been refusing to help. <laughs> right? Their, uh, their what, I can't remember his name, Forge Master. Their Forge Master uh, was refusing to send aid for Terra. But once the rest of the chapters of the Iron Fist Legion turned up, they managed to get the forces of Mars to like, all right, fair enough. We've got a fighting chance here now. Let's help rather than just waste our units. I reckon they were figuring that if they sent troops to help, once all of Terra was wiped out by orcs, if the orcs turn towards Mars, they now have less guys to try and defend with. Yeah. But now that there's like several thousand more space marines turned up, you're like, all right, fair enough. We've got a fighting chance now. Send in the dudes. So they sent <laughs> out a bunch of troops to help fight with and stuff, uh, which is yeah. good. It's handy. Helped a lot. Uh, and they managed to invade the uh, star of uh, the battle moon over Terra, and they crippled it. They managed to essentially disable all of its internal systems, which is great. <laughs> uh, so another call for aid was sent out one uh, again, and this time it was answered. So the Ultramarines, the Dark Angels, the Blood Angels, and the Space Wolves all headed for Terra to help out. Because they are no longer dealing with their own orc issues. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, Kruland, who was the last member of the Imperial Fists, is now the leader uh, and receives interesting information, which is, which is handy. The lost Primarch Vulcan has been spotted openly fighting on a planet of Caldera against the orcs. Because that planet was also being invaded. But. Apparently, someone sent a transmission that Vulcan's just on the battlefield kicking ass, and they're like, where the hell did he come from? <laughs> like, we thought he was gone years ago. Where the hell did he come from? And they're like, you know what? Don't even ask. We just need him here. Right? Like, we just need that guy here now. So Kruland, <laughs> right. yeah, Kruland rounds up a bunch of his guys and are like, right, we're going to go get Vulcan. So they all head over to Caldera. They find him. And he is fighting on several battlefields of the planet all at once. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he was almost single-handedly holding back the entire orc invasion because he had his new hammer called Doom Tremor, 
which has a teleporter function built into it. So what he was doing was, he was appearing on a battlefield out of nowhere in the middle of the orcs, decimating yeah. thousands of them, then running away so they would all chase him rather than attacking the Imperial Guards that are, like, protecting all the cities and stuff. And then while they're chasing him, he just teleports to a different battlefield and does it again. So he's yeah. just leading them all the wrong way and then teleporting away and doing it again. Oh, so, that's amazing. And the whole time that they're like following him, the Imperial Guard are obviously firing rounds into the Orc army from the back. So yeah. they're just constantly thinning numbers. It was a great idea. With the help of the new reinforcements, Corlin's detachment, they did manage to save the planet. They, initially, they found out the planet was doomed no matter what, but Vulcan had made a promise centuries ago to protect it. The reason it was doomed is the Orcs had a big thing set up in space to essentially turn the planet into another battle moon. They were going to like pull it out against its own gravity and stuff. Whole problem, going to wreck the planet. They managed to go destroy the stupid equipment the Orcs had for doing that. Um, <laughs> not getting into the details of that because I read it and it wasn't very interesting, I'll be honest. <laughs> but they, they messed up Orc equipment and then they saved the planet. Great job, everyone. Well done, Vulcan. Vulcan and the lads. Run of the pulse. Exactly. So, with the help of the Librarius, the Imperial Army discovered that the beast was likely on Ulinor, you know, the planet that Vulcan, no, that uh, Horus yeeted the Orc War Boss off of. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, the Librarius does this crazy ritual and taps into the Orc um, Wa magic because it's a collective thing. So, they essentially traced it back to the War Boss, which is the beast, and figured out. It's on Ulinar. We need to go back to Ulinar. Let's go, guys. So, they send an ungodly amount of troops. Basically, everyone that they could spare to uh, to Ulinar. Yeah, so they arrive on the planet, and there is, like, every form of orc troop known to man. So they've got, like, their forms of the big robot walkers. Uh, they've got their form of tanks. They've got normal troops and everything. They also mm -hmm. have these crazy big orcs in metal armor, which usually doesn't happen. Orcs don't typically wear armor, and they also don't typically get as big as they were. So this like this was a big deal. <laughs> this was a problem. Because <laughs> these are like yeah. their ground forces. These ain't even the big guys. So all-out war breaks out. Luckily, Vulcan was leading the charge. So he leads his like detachment force to the Grand Palace of Ulinor, because uh, that's where the orc war boss is. Upon attacking the palace, it comes to life and starts moving. It turns out the palace itself is a gargant, which is the orc titans. Mm -hmm. So the orc war boss is living inside of a titan. <laughs> what? Yeah. So they manage to break in, and <clears throat> upon waking it up, it unleashed devastating attacks and wiped out a massive amount of the or uh, the Imperial Guard and stuff like that. So Vulcan led the last 3,000 Space Marines into the Gargant. They managed to infiltrate the palace. Mm -hmm. Inside, they found a 10-meter tall metal statue of an orc and a power generator for the Gargant. Uh, yeah. Then the statue began to move and they realized that wasn't a statue it was a 10-meter-tall orc coated in armor. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so they found the beast. Um, they pretty quickly realized the normal space marines weren't going to do anything to this guy. They weren't going to fucking tickle his arse crack. Um, after two of the, the iron hand... Uh, sorry, after two of the iron fist um, 
ca uh, captains died. Uh, they ordered like a, a fighting retreat so that Vulcan could fight it on his own. And after a very brief fight and the the beast mocking Vulcan for being weak and tiny, Vulcan just tackled it into the power generator. And yeah. the power generator doesn't work off electricity. It works off of the wah magic energy, which yeah. anyone else being charged with that, because it essentially shorted out through Vulcan and the beast when they tackled it. Anyone else being charged with that would have died. Vulcan just used it to power one mega attack and smashed his hammer through the beast's face. Oh, God. Yeah, and then the generator obviously exploded because he hit that as well and blew up Vulcan, the Gargant Temple, and the Beast all at once. Beast was dead. So, so did he die? Vulcan oh, died. Vulcan died. Vulcan dies all the time. <laughs> like, mean... Vulcan dies every 10 minutes, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> like when we get to Vulcan's like episode where we're doing his story, genuinely yeah. we could like mark out every ten minutes with me saying, and then Vulcan died. You you know what, Ryan? From now on, we just call call him Kenny. <laughs> and you know why? Yeah, Vulcan is the Kenny of this. Like Cruel and those guys escaping, they're looking back at the temple exploding. You bastards! You killed Vulcan. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Kruland and his and his remaining space marines did their whole fighting fighting retreat and managed to escape. Mm. Once they got into like orbit, all communications just had Orcish chants on them, chanting "I am slaughter" over and over. So they thought either a new war boss has taken over his place, or the beast isn't dead. Both of which are pretty bad because it means the orc army is still going. Yeah. Back on Terra, they set up small kill teams and marines to kill off orc leadership and weaken the armies, which I like. It's a good strategy. So they were just sending in little kill squads to murder the big guys and then leave. Just leave the little ones to scramble. Uh, and then the moon over Terra reactivated and massive amounts of orcs started coming through again. I should explain. Orcs have like really weird technology and... Most of it works because they believe it works, and that's it. It's otherwise <laughs> scrap metal. It is subconscious magic <laughs> makes it work, right? Uh, so they actually have really good teleportation technology, which is strange. <laughs> it's like weirdly good. They essentially have a, like a teleportation gate on their their battle moon, and they're funneling troops through from Ulanor into the battle moon over Terra. So when it reactivates, that activates again, which is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So Kurulin sent the Death Watch, three companies of Space Marines that he had assembled from scraps of chapters that were essentially destroyed or really badly damaged, or just had a couple extra guys, I guess. And he sent those three chapters onto the moon, or those three companies, sorry, onto the battle moon over Terra. They installed these Mechanicum beacons that were developed based on Orc teleportation technology. The idea was that they were going to teleport the Battle Moon away from Terra. Right? Mm -hmm. It failed. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what they did was they teleported half of the Battle Moon away from Terra and left half a Battle Moon over Terra and a load of rubble. <laughs> Not great, I'm going to be honest. Better, but not great. <laughs> not the mission result failed. they were after. Yeah, it was like that mission failed successfully thing. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> there's less orcs now, that's for damn sure. 
Yeah, but still. Yeah, but like, still got a problem. <laughs> uh, so, Kruland basically rounded up everyone he could, including Sisters of Battle, and assaulted Ulanor again. Because <laughs> he realized that, like, the beast is definitely. Like, we still got a problem, whether the beast is alive or not. We still got a problem. We still got to kill whoever's in charge, be it the same guy or a new guy. They've got to die, so we've got to try this again. So. Not going to get into how it went, but basically same concept. Massive war. Managed to get to the, thro to the throne room. Oh, this time they weren't attacking a weird palace. They were attacking the capital city. Uh, Gorgorod. <laughs> or Gorgorod. Anyway, they were attacking the main city. They managed to get in. They did pummel a load of uh, Imperial fighters into the shield of the city to bring it down so that they could get in. Not great strategy, but they did it. So they had massive losses before they even got there. <laughs> But they managed to get in. Upon arriving in the throne room, uh, they find six thrones with like their own her their own individual heraldry and flags and stuff. And yeah. then one massive armored orc and a bunch of guards uh, on one of the thrones. So they're all like, right, this is the beast. Or, well, most of them assume that. Kurlin knows it's not because he saw the one that fought Vulcan. But they're like, right, this must be the new guy that's in charge. This must be the new war boss because he's the biggest dude we've seen since we got here, which is usually how it works. The biggest orc is in charge. That is the rules, I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. So the orc guards that were there all engaged the space marines and the and Kruland and the other kind of higher up started fighting the big dude. It wasn't going well, I'm going to be honest. They were kind of getting their asses kicked. But they had brought the Sisters of the Silence along for a very particular reason. Ooh, they had, the Bedlands. Yeah, they had came up with a plan with a couple of librarians and stuff that they could essentially perform a little ritual to reverse the wall magic and turn off their powers, right? So yeah. during the fight, they managed to hold on long enough for them to do this. It essentially EMPs all their tanks and everything in, on the planet, so their troops that are out fighting actually have a fighting chance of doing some damage now, because the orcs are all confused why their bike doesn't work anymore and why their ships are falling out of the sky and stuff like that. Uh, but at the same time, it also has like a concussive effect on the orc war bosses in front of them, and Kurlin gets enough, just enough time to kill it in its like confusion. So the war boss dies. Great success. Oh. Great success. Everything went great, right? <laughs> Problem over. War of the Beast dealt with, am I right? Yeah. Wrong. Right? Oh, God. Uh, so, Kurlin takes a moment to, like, assess the room and realizes that there are six thrones for six Primarchs, each with an Orc Legion. <laughs> the Beast has oh. essentially copied the, <laughs> uh, the, the Emperor's oh. plan. Oh. Very well. So, they've just killed a Primarch. Uh, so the beast enters the throne room which is what makes him realize this he looks around and is like ah because he has all his prime orcs with him and all their guards and stuff all the essentially custodians of the orc empire all come in they're like ah i get it now i see i see the metaphor uh and then the beast stopped on corland and killed him oh great yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the Space Marines ran away, obviously. <laughs> so, with Krulin dead, the last surviving member of the original chapter of the Iron Fists was gone, and essentially on Terra, hope was lost. 
That was it. It was done. Until Maximus Thane, the hero that he is, he was the chapter master of the Fist's Exemplar, one of the other uh, Iron Fist chapters. He came up with a plan to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. He had every remaining Imperial Fist brother chapter donate units to rebuild the original Iron Fists. There is a great moment where they do this in secret, and then they have a, a parade, because they do parades a lot, I'll be honest, but they have a parade with a full chapter of the Imperial Fists, you know, the one that was wiped out, now standing strong in perfectly recently painted armour, so they look the part in their gleaming, shining Iron Fists heraldry and everything, march the streets of Terra and bring hope into the hearts of everyone there again. Everyone thought they were gone. No, no, no. They're still here. They're still defending you. They will fulfill their promise. They will fulfill Dorne's promise to save Terra. So it brings morale back to the people. For the record, the uh, the High Lords of Terra knew that this was fake and were kind of pissy about it, but there's nothing they could do. And uh, Maxim uh, Maximus Thane is now their chapter master. He is leading them. He has decided he's taken charge, right? Rather than doing what Cruland and everyone before him did and try to get the High Lords of Terra to like get people to help and stuff like that, and then them just causing problems because they're terrible at being diplomats and don't care about anyone but themselves, mm. he thought, going to dodge all that, going to go for very particular people here and get them to help me. So he goes to the leader of the Officio Assassinorum. It's the assassin college that Malkador the Sigilite set up. He goes mm -hmm. to their leader, and he goes to the Sisters of Silence, and he gets them to join him for a final assault on Ulanor. One last try at this. Has to go right. <laughs> so this time, the Mechanicum used technology to launch asteroids into Ulanor. They redirected like an asteroid belt kind of thing into Ulanor. And then they outfitted one asteroid so that it could contain troops. So, loads of asteroids mess, loads of them bombard the planet and wipe out millions of orcs, but their one, with their troops inside, it manages to land, crush tons of guys, but their troops were now on the planet and they didn't have to sacrifice ships to get through the shield this time. They also mm. damaged the palace and stuff like that quite a bit as well, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> we like that. So they assault the palace one last time, and a long battle goes on. But they tried their ritual again. This time they had they had captured an orc psyker and used him to like put like a feedback loop into the wa magic and have it recoil back to the beast. That was the plan. Right? So they do manage to carry out this ritual right before Thane is crushed by the beast. The, all the Y energy turns off because they've done this feedback loop thing with it. And guess what happens to the beast? Don't tell me. What? His head explodes. Oh, God. Because of the thing before? <laughs> yeah, because of the ritual, his head just bursts. Oh, God. Yeah. So that is the War of the Beast. It genuinely almost wiped out Terra. It was probably the closest we've come to it. It, was wor it went worse than the Horus Heresy did for Terra. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's genuinely something. bad times bad times were had that, by all that's just something <laughs> yeah so the last stage of this is called the beheading this is the last main section of the age of rebirth mm -hmm. so after the war of the beast now this is a great title draken vangorek 
the Grand Master of the Officio Assassinorum, had the High Lords of Terra assassinate us. <laughs> because of all the shit they pulled during the War of the Beast, how unbelievably incompetent they had been, he just took it upon himself to get rid of them all. <laughs> so he just had like a bunch of them killed. Uh, but obviously they knew who, they found out who did it. So a bunch of the chapters of Space Marines got together and went and killed him. So it was the Imperial Fists, the, the new re, newly rebuilt Imperial Fist chapter, the Halo Brethren, who I don't know if I've met, but I believe they are uh, Blood Angels or Dark Angels successors, and the mm. Sable Swords, who I can't remember who they're from. They all got together and went and murdered this guy because he was, you know, murdering politicians. Yeah. Uh, and the Age of Rebirth ends with Terra and the whole Imperium because there's no more High Lords of Terra to govern anything, even the little that they actually bothered to do or even the bit that they did for their own purposes. None of it was being governed anymore. So the entire Imperium falls into utter chaos. Thus ends the Age of Rebirth. Mm. Terrible time for all. Well, that's, it went okay at the start. Amazing, huh? Like it went pretty well at the start. We we managed to push everyone, like all the traitors, back to the to the Eye of Terror, and then it just kind of went downhill from there. Mm, great. Yeah. So the next section we get onto is the forging, which is going to be good. yeah. That's the next age. That's going to be good fun, but. That is for next time. Ooh, something oh. to, to look forward to. Eh? Yes. I also want to announce that uh, my uh, me and, uh, and my partner have been working on some mini-games that me and Mez are going to do as little uh, little mini-episodes to go between the other ones. Should be should be on YouTube. It should do pretty well there because they're going to have a bit of visual aspect to them as well. But they'll work on here too, don't you worry. So we're gonna have that going. Yeah. It's essentially gonna be me putting Mez in a game show setting about 40k knowledge. Oh god. <laughs> but it'll be fun, Mez, and you know it. I'm looking forward to it. It's man. gonna be great fun. Uh also I was thinking, for selecting what the next season of this podcast will be topiced around. I'm thinking of maybe doing a spin the wheel type situation. What do you think, Mez? That actually sounds quite fun, you know. It'd be good because look, it'd be really natural to go from you know the general storyline to like going on looking at the legions and their primarchs. That'd be a nice, nice, soft, simple way to go with it. Or yeah. going to look at some alien stuff since we haven't really looked. We're doing human history here, not Xenos, you know. So we could turn it around a bit, look at the Xenos, or you know, there's there's a lot we could do like that, but. I feel like having the list of possible seasons that I have and just doing a spin the wheel, we can keep ourselves on our toes as well. That sounds fun. It sounds, Let's do it. It sounds like a fun way to do it, you know? But I think that's us for today. All right, man. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys in the next one. Take care and uh, peace. Bye.